Hello and welcome to the Christchurch Fox Chapel podcast, the fastest growing conservative, evangelical, charismatic Anglican podcast in the entire Fox Chapel area. And today, as usual, I'm joined by Fox Chapel's answer to Mark Sayers, the Reverend <laughs> Ben Wolfey. Sounds like we're in opposition. Hello. Good morning. Yeah. Good afternoon. I love your socks. Thank you. They're very elegant. And uh, we're also joined as a special birthday treat by the spiritual colossus that is our deputy treasurer, Mr. Joseph Naroki. Hello. Hello. Hello and greetings to all. Welcome, Joe. We're glad to have you with us this week for this special birthday edition of the podcast. Well, I'm, I'm happy to be here and thanks for inviting me. Your birthday treat is to read our passage, <laughs> which is John 16, beginning at verse 25. Very good. It's titled, I have overcome the world. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come, when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We sometimes call it God ganging up on us when you get a passage and it comes several times in a week. And uh, this is actually Kat's <coughs> reading from yesterday morning, or one of her 50 <laughs> readings from yesterday morning that uh, she was doing. Um, in the world you have tribulation. It's uh, very timely for right now. Um, I mean, I think this tribulation word is probably, this is a guess. This is a mistake, by the way. This is the first time we've done a podcast where the preacher is not here. So there's just three blokes who oh, are completely yeah. going with their guts. But I think the word tribulation could well be that philipsis word, the pressing down and pressure word that we see a lot in scripture. Uh, and if it is, then um, depression and, and pressure is mm. the or original mm. image from the olive press that was screwed down on a barrel hmm. uh, to be trapped, locked down, and squeezed out. Yeah, and often you hear about trials and tribulations, those coupled together. So like testings and times of real, uh, like your character, your resolve is being tested, you're being put to the test and, mm -hmm. and tried, and some of us found wanting. and. Uh, you know, the things that we grow out of, but the things that also can really be hard as we go through it. Yeah, I mean, there's a real question, I think, we should all be asking ourselves, um, what does happen to our faith during the pressure of COVID? Um, you know, pastorally, I think some of us have thrived and some of, the, of us have withered. Yeah. Or a mix. Yeah, some days, so one and some days the other. For some of us. Right. High point. 
I'm reading the Bible more. Low point, a member of my family filled a bathroom door lock with toothpaste. Uh, and, uh, and Is that a low point? <laughs> well, I, I, that might be high point. I, I frustrated myself uh, and experienced a momentary... It was cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dirty bird. Yeah, it was... Uh, it was... It was, I had a momentary agitation. Hmm. <laughs> Joe, do you, are, you, are you thriving in, in the COVID or a mixed bag or withering? Uh, I'd say it's a mixed bag. I mean, certainly there's a blessing in being with my children more often, in mm. being much more uh, attentive and focused to what they need and being more on their cadence. Um, and certainly my lawn is looking fantastic. <laughs> it um, is. It, it is. Thank you. But I think that for, for me, the challenge has really been sort of this, you know, what place does um, the community of church play in my life? And really seeing that, you know, I'm really longing for the ability to just be with believers and to be able to uh, be within the four walls um, mm. of the church and so that that has been I don't want to say it's like a dark point but I'm certainly knowing that that's very important to me whereas perhaps in the past I, I really wouldn't you know I wouldn't have said that necessarily as a first sort of idea but I think that's where I'm at so it reveals something a bit about the value of being in the body mm. mm-hmm yeah, because I think too, when you you know, look at what this time means, you know, it's how can how do we support each other, you know, through through this, and I think just the mm-hmm. distance and our inability to really connect and to hold people, um, you know, a lot of what we do now is you know through Zoom or phone calls or whatnot, and we really don't get to be with people uh, in the way that at least I've really come to expect. Isn't it funny? We were really working through this passage backwards. Yeah. Um, because yeah. Jesus talks about not being alone because he's with the Father mm. and talks about them being scattered and separated. I like, too, as I, as I was, as we were reading through this, it, it came out to me like the way that the disciples are approaching Jesus. And when he stops fi- speaking in figures of speech, they're like, ah, now everything's in clear, is clear now. And now we know that you know all things. Yeah. Uh, this is why we believe you came from God. Like, it, like suddenly there's some mental clarity in there. Right. And Jesus Jesus questions them. Yeah, he goes, well, really? He says, do you, re- <laughs> do you now believe? Yeah. And then he says, you're going to be scattered. You're going to abandon me. You're going to be tested and put under these tribulations. And But still, take heart. So yeah. I, I feel like... Uh, for a lot of us in the church, if, if your faith is merely kind of an intellectual thing, when you're put under tribulation, it's going to be scattered. Mm. And it's going to be crushed. And I think a lot of people are experiencing that. And right. I think Jesus might be calling out what is belief is, is more than just an intellectual understanding, but a real clinging to and trusting and yeah. enduring through trials Trusting that Jesus has overcome the yeah, world. Yeah, take heart. When, yeah, take heart because I've overcome the world, even when everything the world is crashing down around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is very timely for us now. Mm-hmm. Um, so now uh, we've reached 
the end of the passage at the beginning. So we're going back. <laughs> should, we go, should we start at the beginning? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we go. Let's go back to verse 25. So, you know, uh, this is that long discourse uh, at the Last Supper, I think. Yeah. The only scholar I've read on that is is Wolpe. Mm. Uh, but you said it. Yeah. And I took notes. Sometimes called the Last Supper discourse. Yeah. Very helpful. John 14 through 16. Um, so the Federal Express man might well be bringing my signature required whiskey to the front door <laughs> of the church. And for the first time in the history of the podcast, we're pausing the show. I'll be right back. Hello and welcome to part two of the podcast. It was not whiskey, it was Brian's work boots. How disappointing. Oh, it's dreadful, isn't what it? What a bummer. You were saying? Tribulations. Yeah. <laughs> we were going to start at the beginning of the passage, I think. Yes. <laughs> um, Jesus has been speaking the Last Supper discourse. Figures of speech. Yes. So he admits it. Yes. The hour is coming, though. Not yet here, he says, when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. So even now, he's not telling them plainly. Yeah. But it's coming, he says. The hour is coming. Um, He'd be really good at writing coronavirus action plans. Yeah. Stay tuned. We'll tell you how it's going to work next week. Or maybe mm-hmm. we won't. Yeah. <laughs> but the figures of speech are not meaningless, and I think this is important to yes. say. Although they're, they're confused by what they're hearing, we have the advantage of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, and, so the, and the disciples, when they receive the Holy Spirit, look back on what he says and like, ah, oh, now it makes sense. And they have the, mm. the Spirit enlightens them and, and opens their eyes to what he was saying. And that could be like us mm-hmm. um, in, in that perhaps we've been told lots of things about Jesus, but the tribulation that we're in now suddenly activates it all. You know, mm-hmm. oh yeah. You know, perhaps this is the point where faith is watered mm. right now and grows. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost like, oh, you're, oh, you are the son of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We weren't for sure, but now we know. And uh, you know, I hope I'm a mature believer. Um, but I have moments like this too. Uh, you know, moments of new revelation or clarity where I go, oh, I, I really believe now. Uh, you know. Yeah. So I could see that. Um, in that day you'll ask, I'm in verse 26, in my name. Um, I find that quite a confusing sentence. It is, the sentence itself is confusing. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you. Uh, so Jesus is our intercessor. Mm. He is at the right hand of the Father, and he pleads on our behalf. Um, he says that in several other places, and, and uh, Paul's writing says that in places that he's our intercessor in mm. Hebrews. And, uh, but he's saying, I, I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father Himself loves you. So I'm, I'm actually a little lost about what He's trying to communicate there, because um, He's not denying that He doesn't do that. He's saying, "I do not say that to you right now." Mm. Okay. Thankfully, we're not preaching this one. Yeah. But in that day, good luck, Ben. You will ask in my name, 
And I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, but the Father himself loves you. I, I think he's saying we get direct access to God. Though on the one hand, he's our mediator. Because he's our mediator, he, we have direct access. It's yeah. an unusual um, thing for them both to be true. Yeah. But he's bringing a message from the Father as well, saying, you know, God loves you. Something about his name in particular, right? That, that bears authority yeah. and has power. Um, when I worked in the insurance market in London, you could uh, have a delegated authority to underwrite business on behalf of the underwriter. So you could use his name to uh, take on risk and write policies. And um, in fact, they call them names in Lloyds of London. I'm a name. Um, I have the, I have the right to sign you up to a risk. And underwritten, literally, means to have your name written underneath the document. So um, it's, it feels a bit like that in a way. There's this authority that, that in Jesus' name that we now have, this authority of the Father, this access to the Father, this power of the Father, all of these things. But um, it's been delegated to us in Christ. Mm -hmm. Thus his name itself has, has meaning. Um, There's name which we bear as Christians. Yes. That's true. The clue is in the religion's name. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. No. I was just I was just thinking about you know the the Trinity, mm -hmm. right? And the the access that we all that we have to each part of the Trinity. Mm. Um, and I when I read this passage, what it speaks to me, and I don't know if this is right, but it almost seems like, you know, the the idea that when we when we speak to the spirit or to god or to jesus that we are able to see in that relationship sort of um the the balance that's shared i mm. yeah i we've yeah we're sort of caught up within a within, within the wholeness of god in christ jesus yeah i'm reading too and just trying to read the whole in these several verses in the context like oh. he's teaching about the father he says i'm going to tell you plainly about the father and then he says i do not say to you that i will ask the father on your behalf maybe that's as if we needed um we needed him to plead for us mm. because the father didn't care or he wasn't uh, actively I involved see. or didn't love us right he's saying i don't need to ask on your behalf because the father loves you right um because you belong to, you've loved me and have believed that I am from God. So, right. Well, that makes sense because there's this kind of caricature yeah. um, of, you know, angry father and loving son. Yeah. And in the ancient world, it was you have to offer sacrifices to appease right. the angry God. Right. But if the idea that God himself loves you, right. there's, you know, Jesus is our mediator. But it's not as if he's working against God. Right, and then to Joe's point, because, yeah. because we have the doctrine of the Trinity, exactly. we know that they're one. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's pretty good. It'd be interesting to see whether, whether Ben Hughes comes up with something that good, you know. <laughs> or better. <laughs> or better. I'm going to bet that he does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I am going to bet that he does as well. Uh, so you've, you've got here um, 
Jesus clearly starting to talk more about the Father, and the disciples think they get it. Ah, now you're speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. That sounds a bit rude. Yeah. Like, you know, in modern parlance, what are you on about? I mean, it sounds, it sounds, <laughs> sounds a bit close to the edge to me, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, something clicks with it. Yeah. Now we talk about, you hear in church circles, like this phrase, journey of faith, and I'm on a journey and all of this. And I have really mixed feelings about it. Here's what I like. Um, we're, we're growing in faith. Yeah. Uh, and getting um, more mature. Here's what I dislike about it. It, it has this sort of idea that um, we're not there yet and that maybe it's down to us and our efforts to, to meander around and somehow find God as if by chance. Um, and uh, the disciples there do seem to be on some sort of journey of faith in so far yeah. as, you know, they're confused and then they think they get it and Jesus says, yeah, kind of, but you're still confused. Yeah, do you now believe? I hear skepticism in that question uh, of Jesus. What do you think about this journey thing? Yeah, I I think I'm not as opposed to it as you. I think it's misused in our in our modern age and with new age kind of spirituality, and it's it's abused to say like we're all on the same journey when you know someone's on a completely different path than I am and heading in a completely different direction. We're not on the same journey. We're on a journey, but uh, and we're going, but if we're going different directions, uh, that's. That's something, but I, I think we're we're seeing here gradual moves towards what it means to believe, and mm. Jesus saying, "Is this?" He's kind of calling out, "Is this really belief?" What you say is, "Now we believe that you're from God." And he's saying, "Yeah, I think, like you said, kind of, but here's what's going to happen: you're you're going to be scattered, you're going to be persecuted, uh, you're gonna you're gonna leave me, and." But he says, and yet, I mm. I want to give you peace. I have overcome the world. So I think that's a constant. The journey's on our end, but Jesus is constant in the peace that he gives and the fact that he overcomes the world on our behalf. And then we do new things, though, yeah. right, in, in the actual act of living out of our faith. And you preached for the first time, I think, Joe, uh, Good Friday last year. Mm -hmm. Is that right? That's right, yeah. So we have these bursts that we do. <laughs> How was that? <laughs> uh, well, honestly, it was a bit scary. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, once once you get going, it, it just sort of uh, took over. The spirit, I think, came to me, and it just, uh, it moved me in a way that I felt left a, a big impression on myself in terms of what what that message was about mm. and it was really if I recall it was you know the, the the two criminals hanging on the cross and you know the one who was sort of uh, making fun of Jesus and the other one saying hey guys you know what <clears throat> I'm just gonna repent right now and and admit that yes I do believe and Jesus leans to him and says you know your, your faith has is, is true and it's mm. real and because of it you will be with me in heaven mm. and uh, I, I think when I when I listen to this journey you know the 
that idea of the journey uh, it's right. really the you know the, the point of you know the, the the message that I think we're we're trying to get away from right now and this bit you'll have to edit out no that. yeah well no 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 yeah. so, no it's really helpful yeah well it it's it sort of speaks to you know the, the the trials and tribulations that we go through as Christians I think we we find ourselves at times perhaps doubting our faith or times where we feel really mm. close to God. Mm. And when he speaks to, to us in this passage where John is writing about, you know, you're going to be going to your own homes, you're going to feel separate, you're going to be persecuted. Um, there are times where you're like, nah, no, nah, that's not going to happen. You know, I just, because uh, you're feeling so high and so good about whatever's happening around you, it's like, okay, great, I'm a believer when things are good, but how is my faith when yeah. I'm down on my luck? Right. That actually, I think, is not to be edited out. I think that's the essence of, yeah. of the point. Yeah, and it is it is these moments of crisis, though, that can produce real change yes. in us. Yes. And like, well, crisis like, almost always catalyzes change. Right, like, like Joe's illustration. I mean, what better crisis than to be crucified? Exactly, um, yeah. I mean, that's his journey was pretty the Formula theme. One, wasn't it? I mean, yeah. it was 0 to 60 and whatever <laughs> yeah but I, I I think when we're in this crisis like this when we're feeling scattered when we're feeling alone mm -hmm. when we're feeling our faith pressed um, my prayer what I've been praying for our church for me uh, for my family is that this crisis will help us to turn to the one who has overcome the world Mm. And if the predominant idea that we can proclaim in this is that Jesus Christ is Lord and he has conquered the world and he is still Lord when things are awful, then coming out of this crisis when we're more able to see and realize what is really true, what is really essential, what is everlasting and unfailing, right. The fact that Jesus is Lord and Jesus overcomes the world. I want that to be the predominant idea in my life, my family's life, our church's life. And I, I do pray that this crisis affects that change to some degree. Mm -hmm. So he says these things that you can have peace in him. In the world you have tribulation. Take heart, I've overcome the world. Yeah. We're finding peace in tribulation. The really difficult question that we need to wrestle with is whether the tribulation is actually good. Because mm. the tribulation for that criminal on the cross was this catalyst to salvation. Yeah. And for some of our members, it has been as well. Mm. For some of our members, they have discovered peace when they didn't used to have it. And, and they've discovered courage when they didn't used to have it. Mm. And in fact, they have overcome the world. And they weren't overcoming the world when Giant Eagle was open and the Steelers were winning. But they're, they're overcoming the world now. And I think that, that is actually the essence of the shock of the gospel. Yeah. When you put your faith in Jesus, as you both are saying, um, that changes everything. Well, apart from the crude interruption from the man from the Federal Express, who so disappointingly brought pair of work boots. This has been an or two
podcasts from Christchurch Fox Chapel. We're very grateful that you joined us. Thank you. See you again. God bless.